Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Martha, as we started praying for our coworkers and employees, and, and, and really every week as a partnership team, we pray for the people in our office. What kind of a difference do you see it making in your perspective? You know, I think the biggest thing for us is that, um, well, like today, okay, I'll just use an, a fresh example. We have one employee who... Um, doesn't get to come to our staff meetings because she doesn't work that day. And we pray for each other on those days. So this is a little different than what you were asking me, but that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> so she, I was saying, hey, make sure you give me your prayer request for our staff meeting. And the impact that that made that the on her, that we cared to pray for her specific needs, um, that just brings us closer together and helps us to be transparent with each other. It's a powerful tool and an opportunity to spread salt and light in your workplace. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag, and make that commitment tonight to start praying for your coworkers and employees because it will make a huge difference. But it takes a paradigm shift in our minds, just like it takes a paradigm shift to understand that marriage is the fabric of our society. You see, the society that we live in today keeps telling us that marriage doesn't matter, that anybody can be married and, and it can look like anything else. But the bottom line is that marriage has been the fabric of society forever. 
since the beginning of time. And about two years ago, I ran into this organization called National Marriage Week USA. And, and it's taken a couple of years to get connected, but we've got the founder of National Marriage Week USA on the line with us today, Sheila Weber. Thank you for being part of I Work For Him today. Oh, it's just great to be with you. I look forward to it. You know, just start off, we always start off the conversation on I Work For Him, just drawing the attention right back to our Savior. And, and so if you could share with the audience, how is Christ making a difference in your life today? Well, I'm very blessed that as a teenager, I came into a relationship with Christ and um, was very involved with wonderful high school ministries and college ministries. And and so for the last several decades, my husband and I have actually run a ministry for leaders in New York City. Uh, so I, I lead uh, Bible studies for young, uh, young professional women, and I uh, have all kinds of events and hostessing in my home to encourage people in their faith. So it's a very, a very daily, real, um, Christ is a very daily, real, active part of my life. So... You, you've got, so you've got a ministry for leaders in New York City. What is this ministry called? Uh, that's the New York Fellowship. Um, National Marriage Week is not officially affiliated with that part of uh, my work. They're, they're separate entities. Um, but um, we have, we've been there for several decades, and uh, it's been a very exciting place. There's a lot of growth in the Christian community in New York these days. It's been wonderful to watch. We've highlighted a lot of ministries, the expansion, you know, from people that are involved with Redeemer Presbyterian to... Dimas Salaberrios, the ex-drug dealer. We've had a lot of people and talking about what's going on. In fact, the, some of the people that are on the uh, development team for the Museum of the Bible out of Washington, D.C., some of the members of the Green family are, are involved up there in New York City. So I know there's a lot of cool stuff going on there, yeah. which is which is great. We, yeah, absolutely. My like husband singing. was for years chaplain of many of the professional sports teams in that area. He he leads a men's ministry, and in fact, I think one of the very first meetings that Tim Keller of Redeemer Presbyterian ever had was in my living room. So, uh, mm. yeah, so anyway, we have a big history, but... Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. we've got a minute before the break. Why don't you just start off talking about how did you, and where did the National Marriage Week USA, where did it come from? Well, I um, I wrote a master's thesis for my uh my master's at NYU, on the role of public policy in the dissolution of a marriage culture. And that put me in the attention of some think tank leaders, and one of these businessmen uh, wanted to do something on behalf of marriage. We knew that there was a man in the U.K. that had started Marriage Week in England, and he had. it's now happening in 20 countries around the world. And so we, we learned about his effort and so in 2009 uh we said well let's let's kind of formalize this and some some people in the marriage movement and by that i mean marriage educators both secular and faith-based um had sort of kind of thrown it out there oh there's a marriage week let's do something but nobody had uh created its own website well um we did create um a real strong um website with goals to elevate marriage as a national issue in fact tomorrow i'm speaking to a couple of public policy think tanks in uh, washington dc uh we want to promote the benefits of marriage nationwide that stronger marriages bring economic stability to individuals and to the nation and provide the best environment for thriving children and we have the only online national marriage calendar where 
people can post any any small group, any marriage class or big event or conference, and other people can search in their state to see if there's something happening near them. And this can be all year long. We want this national marriage calendar to grow uh, to be a year-long resource. And, um, you know, I, we think that it's it's about time that we have something that celebrates marriage. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've launched all these uh, public education campaigns on on things like smoking and recycling, and they all have actually changed the thinking of the American public, and they've changed their behaviors. So we have neglected uh, the fact that marriage is in decline and it, it's really our most ignored national crisis. Well, it is in decline, and it's in major decline, and people don't understand the impact on society because of it being in decline. I mean, it, that's, that's the issue that those—I love your master's thesis. I would have loved to have read that. That's probably one I could actually get excited about. But you, you talked about your master's thesis, the role of public policy— and and then I, I lost I I got oh. the, the gist on it but it was on like the, the Im- disol- on the dissolution of a marriage culture meaning that marriage is dissolving and and by that I mean that we basically have had a drop in the marriage rates because people are uh, engaging in long term cohabitation and we have a very high out of wedlock birth rate which has all kinds of repercussions so for example. In 1970, nearly 80% of all adults were married. Today, that's only 50, 52%. I mean, that is a huge, shocking drop-off. Also today, of women under the age of 30, uh, 50% of those who have babies uh, are bearing those children outside of marriage. Now, I just want that to sink in for a minute. That is a big statistic, that 50% of women who are bearing children under the age of 30 are doing so outside of marriage. And what that means is that research is very, very clear, both from the liberals and the conservatives, that uh, children do so much better on every indicator if they are raised with both their mother and their father. It is the strongest predictor of success for a child. They will, the children raised by both parents at home perform better in school. They have less addiction, less teen pregnancy, and less trouble with the law. And it also pulls women and children out of poverty. I always say that marriage is the unsung anti-poverty program, mm-hmm. that uh, we, we need to be, I'm, I'm actually writing some commentaries this week to to see if we can get our political candidates, and frankly, I don't care if it's both sides of the aisle, political candidates to talk about uh, that marriage will lift people out of poverty because you just do so much better with two people joining forces. And uh, anyway, so, you know, those are some of the, the, the things that we're concerned about, and we do want to spread the conversation about these issues. Well, it was it was interesting. About it was within the last year, there was an article that said, "Hey, we've been fighting the war on poverty for fifty years, and it's obvious we have failed." Mm-hmm. You know, fifty years they've sent they've spent trillions of dollars fighting the war on poverty, and not one dollar fighting on how to build up marriages. I mean, it, it's always right. been money throwing out at single moms, and, and and people think, well, for first of all, by you making the the statements that okay, fifty percent of children today born to women under age thirty are being born to a single mom and, and the women listening out there is like, fine, we can handle it. We can do this all on our own. That was, you know, a statement 40 years ago. People are like, well, why would I want to do that? That just doesn't make sense. And today it's like, well, sure, more power to the people. 
Well, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm very supportive of life, so this is not an anti-life stance right. at of course all. Not. This, is, this is about people making, making good decisions about what circumstances they get themselves into ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I want to be clear about that. But, um, you know, there's some, uh, both the Heritage Foundation and the Brookings Institution, you know, Heritage is a little more on the right and Brookings is a little more on the left. They both are in agreement that marriage reduces poverty. For example, Heritage says that we'd have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had back in 1970. And to me, 1970 doesn't feel that long ago. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and then Brookings says that um, that marriage, I'm sorry, that was the Brookings that, that said we'd have 25 less poverty. It was Heritage that says marriage drops the probability of child poverty by 82%. 82% less child poverty. Now, I found it very interesting that uh, when Mayor Bloomberg was mayor of New York, he did something rather gutsy, and he took a bit of flack for it, but he, he put an ad campaign in the Bronx. In the Bronx, 77% of children are born outside of marriage. Wow. And he just felt like he wanted to do something, and, and you know, people get criticized criticized him on one hand it doesn't mean we're not supporting the the courageous efforts that women sometimes find themselves in but here's what his little campaign poster said if you work full-time finish high school first finish high school then work full-time and you postpone marriage and childbearing until after the age of 21 there's only a two percent chance that you will be in poverty if you don't do those three things, there is a 77% chance that you'll be in poverty. So that is work full-time, graduate from high school, and postpone marriage, and then childbearing until age 21. The, um, the Brookings Institution has come out with what they call a success sequence, which is if we can, if we can get a message out to young people today, here's your success sequence. First, finish your education, then work then get married, and then have childbearing. So, you know, it's a sort of an ordering of those four things. Well, and when you, when I, I just want to step back a little bit because we're saying a lot of stuff and people are, they're all, they're going, oh, Jim, stop the fire hose. Because those are exciting statistics. When you talk about Brookings and Heritage, you're talking about both sides of the aisle. And when you talk about Mayor Bloomberg, who's not a Christ follower, who is who is known for many left stances, and he's got some conservative stuff, but not a lot. He's not known conservative. This is not a political issue. This is an apolitical issue because both sides of the aisle are recognizing, hey, yeah. the, dis- the dissolution of our marriage-centered society has not brought about all the great things that they said. They, they were talking about all the freedom that they would have in the 70s. That's where this is just do love, Bill. Free love, you know? And what it's gotten us is a society where over 50 million families, 50 million people, excuse me, 50 million people are on food stamps today. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I love the fact that for National Marriage Week, the church is really the grassroots army because they're the ones holding the marriage classes and, um, you know, and having conferences and all that. But National Marriage Week itself is actually a civic campaign because we do believe that this message, again, can go beyond the faith community, that it is a civic message, and uh, that we can attract uh, people of many different persuasions because um, this, this is just such an overarching issue. And, 
and ultimately both sides of the aisle care about poverty they care about children and we are looking to to get everybody uh, building awareness and then coming up with some solutions and um, but I, I will say that the church is um, a very big part of this campaign. Well, and you're talking to the church, that, and that's why one of the reasons why I thought this is a great topic, because you're talking to the church that's in the workplace, because, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of times we expect the church within the four walls to to impact society, but today the, 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 the reality is that 80% of the people are not regular attenders of church, but they all go to work, and so we're talking to Christ followers today, they're in the workplace, yeah. and we're giving them information that can help people and we're bringing kingdom-minded ideas and the gospel into the workplace and saying listen marriage is not this outdated outmoded uh, uh piece of society this is actually this the a centric piece that would bring it, it could bring uh, good things to our culture if we would just look at the realities of it let's just restate some of the statistics and then we got to go to a break so you're saying that well just talk about the positive things that marriage brings when it impacts poverty really quick well, married adults live longer lives, they have better health, and they have greater personal happiness. The research actually shows these mm. uh, these things. And, um, you know, married adults have accumulated more wealth and financial stability than their single counterparts. Um, so those are the positives. Children perform better in every situation, better in school, less addiction, less teen pregnancy, less trouble with the law. We're talking today with Sheila Weber. She's with the National Marriage Week USA. You can find out lots more about this online at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. And here's why we're talking about this today. First of all, a fantastic organization formed back in 2009 that is just trying to draw attention to the fact that marriage is a solution to a lot of society's problems that we've brought in ourselves because we've fought, we've fought to dissolve the impact of marriage on our society. Sheila, as we look at those, you, you, you said there's some, some negatives, too. There's negatives to marriage? Well, I'm just saying there's some bad news about what's happening. For example, this and this figure is uh, several years old, but it costs the American taxpayer at least $112 billion a year for divorce and unwed childbearing. The n- new figures are closer to 200 or $300 billion a year. That is enormous. Oh um, then also... The prison population, um, the the men who are in prison, vast majority are from fatherless homes. So if we can increase marriage and having more children grow up in in uh, two family, you know, a two parent home, it, it it certainly helps another aspect of our our social network in the country and to um, get a, a vision for you know, building better families so that we can reduce the uh, the prison situation. Um, we've got... Um, the, the, I, I like this one uh, interesting fact. Uh, Charles Murray wrote a book called Coming Apart, in which he dealt with four areas, and he only studied white America because he did not want to be accused of, of racial bias. So as he looked at white America, this is a really interesting... Um, explanation of what's going on. In white upper class um, white America, marriage is sort of holding its own. For example, 99% of children live with both their parents in 1962. Today, 84% of those children do. However, in white working class America, 96% of those children live with both their parents in 1962. Today, only 37%. 
So that is where we're seeing in white working class America, we've gone from 96% of kids living with their parents down to 37%. Um, and we've got some very alarming statistics in some of the minority communities as well. But I wanted to share some really positive stories about what we think could be done. And I love the fact that you're focused on the business community because if business owners really look at they will they will be honest that there is a loss of work time there is when their when their employees go through the divorce or you know the trauma of a, a failing marriage mm-hmm. they they get distracted they get emotionally distraught their finances fall apart so we have long maintained that the business community should consider offering marriage classes and relationship classes in the workplace or in tandem with other people in sort of workplace uh, relationship education or, or marriage classes. And I, we feel like it's, it's part of their investment, just like having a fitness center might be. Oh, that's a great point. I love that because that's exactly why we do these shows on Tuesdays, because we know that for a fact, if you are struggling in your marriage at home, you bring it to work whether you want to or not. And it, it affects your productivity. It affects your relationships with other people because you're either short, you're tired, you're exhausted. You, Like you said, you're financially depleted. So mm-hmm. many things that happen along the road. And so I want to go back to just the comment of you having the the calendar on your website. So anybody should be able to go there and see if there's anything happening in their area that can be of a resource to them. Is that how that yes, works? Yes, you can search by state. So you can okay. just click on Florida and see if there's something that's sort of accessible. The other thing is if you have a, a niece or a cousin who's really struggling and they live in Kansas, mm-hmm. you can click on another state and find something that you can let other people know about. We really want to to build this calendar, and that that's the challenge. I think we should be having 10,000 events per year all across the country. And the reason I say that is because Earth Day started in 1970. It actually started through the churches. And it's a completely secular program, but there are now 2 billion acts of green in 200 countries around the world because Earth Day was just a catalyst for people to do things all year long. So to sort of start this movement, just like you would have a Boy Scout troop, you know, clean up a a waterway or or a stream or a roadside and get people to be more conscious of the earth that God gave us, um, this is sort of a model. We'd love to see thousands of marriage-strengthening events all across the country, that communities would have a National Marriage Week celebration, um, much much like the Fourth of July celebration. Um, I have two fun stories. The church uh, really, I think, has a sort of a missed opportunity here because my... um, my sister-in-law years ago was very hostile to the idea of faith, and, you know, I would talk to her about it, and she sort of said, that's fine for you, it doesn't work for me. And uh, But then uh, one of her friends in her hometown in Iowa asked her to come to, have, to a talk, and the talk was just how to have a better marriage, that's all. So my sister-in-law showed up at this talk, and she drug her husband along, how to have a better marriage, and she said she just kept poking him with her elbow the whole time because the whole mm-hmm. talk was so relevant and so helpful. And she's been a part of that church ever since. Wow. So she, all she did was wanted to hear something practical about how to make her life work better. And she was so, so helped and so struck with the truth of that simple talk that she became an active Christian and a member of that church. And that's why I think 
the church is, is sort of missing an opportunity to reach out. I mean, maybe have a class at the local library or the YMCA even. But those are, you know, I sort of want, um, I want uh, individual Christians to realize that they can, they can have an impact by mm-hmm. sort of spearheading this kind of thing. Well, we've got a marriage retreat cruise that we're taking out with 17 couples from Tampa Bay on the 18th of February. We'll make sure we get that on your thing for next year. But yeah, and we, we've been doing marriage retreats for years. What I love, about, I keep going back to, I, and I told you in my email, no, this isn't a political show, but I love the fact that you, you drew attention that this is an apolitical issue. But I love, Sheila, the way you talk about how it's just an apolitical issue and that the Brookings Institute and you said, which what was Heritage. the other? Heritage. Um, that they're both from both sides of the aisle just showing, hey, Marriage really makes a positive impact on society. When we come back, Sheila, I really want to go into this event kit that you've got available for churches and for people to get access to. You've got a, you've got a ton of great stuff on the website to help churches, to help local bodies of Christ really promote this next week. Uh, and starting this week, and I want to go through all the stuff that you got out there. Tuesdays, we always focus on marriage and relationships. And today, a very special treat, as we've I, I identified an organization a couple of years ago called National Marriage Week USA. And if you've been listening to I Work For Him on Tuesdays for any length of time. You know that Martha and I are absolutely the largest proponents of pro-marriage here in Tampa Bay on the air. We can at least say that because I don't know if there's any other shows that are like it. But this is, we're passionate about it. We're dedicating five days in a couple of weeks to a, a marriage retreat on a cruise ship, being trapped with all those people in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean, suffering for the Lord, helping people work on their marriages, talking about communication and money and forgiveness and spiritual time management. You guys know that we believe in this. And when I, I, when I was able to get in touch with Sheila Weber from the National Marriage Week USA, organization and you can find out more about them online at nationalmarriageweekusa.org I'm like I was so excited that we were able to schedule it for the week before cuz the celebration is next week well it starts on on Sunday the 7th and runs through Sunday the 14th which by the way for those of you gentlemen listening out there that's Valentine's Day yes it's a Hallmark made up holiday but it's a great day to remind your wife how much you love her so, Sheila, right before the break, we're talking about the events. And you've got this calendar out there. And I noticed that there are 2,720 nationwide events on your website. And in Florida, there's only 20. But we represent the third largest state in the union, and we only have 20 events. We've got to work on that. Well, then you guys are going to be a part of building that, I have no doubt. So we're, <laughs> we're, still, we're still in the building phase. And, um, you know, I wish I had... Uh, more staff to to work on this, uh, but this is a great way to get the word out with what you're doing right now. And I want to say that it's not too late. If somebody is just learning about this, it's really not too late. They're late. There are a couple of very simple things you could still do, and one would be to ask your pastor to make a few remarks um, next Sunday or the Sunday after that. We're mm-hmm. we're saying that every pastor should preach and teach about marriage on the Sunday surrounding National Marriage Week. Um, And it can be short or it can be a full-blown sermon, but it very rarely gets addressed in the pulpit in in an encouraging, instructive way. And we think it's a great habit that we would like to get all pastors across the nation being aware of this opportunity. Um, Secondly, uh, there's a one-page flyer that you could print out and slip into your church bulletin uh, just as a form of education. And then somebody could stand up and say, hey, we'd like to form a little committee, uh, somebody that would like to start a Sunday school class, or maybe there should be a home group. 
and it can happen later, but you can use next week as the time to launch it or to mm. get people to talk to each other, form a committee. So it, the week can be a time to stir up something, even if it happens later on. Now, have you? is there actually a formal presidential proclamation that this is National Marriage Week? I know they got national, like, everything week, but is there? Is it actually coincide with a national proclamation that this is the week? Well, we have a proclamation every year in the U.S. Congress. So we okay. do have uh, U.S. congressional representatives to make statements on the House floor, and it gets into the congressional record. Um, since we started, I have not... Um, I have not made an approach to the president of this country. Um, I don't have that kind of inroad. I, you know, we we got a little. This our project got a little muddied. The waters got muddied with the gay marriage debate, and I basically made a choice um, not to go after a presidential proclamation. We'll see what happens with mm-hmm. the next election. You know how <laughs> awesome though that you can. We can claim it. We can say, you know, marriage matters and all across the country um, drawing attention to it. So I love that. And I love the fact that your website is actually exactly what you got. It is National Marriage Week USA. And well, and as just, I said, it's it's in the congressional record. And also we have had many uh, governors and mayors make proclamations. Awesome. So it's, you know, it's something you could take to your mayor, you could take to your governor, and that has been happening. And we will look to increase that, of mm. course. So for those people that are just signing in right now, because a lot of people, you know, they get off at 3.30 and they're getting in their car and they're listening to us. And, they, and we're talking about National Marriage Week USA, which you can find them on a website just like that, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. We're talking with Sheila Weber. Let's talk about uh, what, those two studies. Talk about the two studies, the Brookings Institute study and the Heritage Foundation study. Really quick. Yes. Well, well, Heritage says that uh, marriage drops the probability of child poverty by 82%. And the Brookings Institution says we'd have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rate we had in 1970. The problem right now is we have a huge jump in long-term cohabitation. The younger generation is simply choosing not to get married. And they don't understand that um, it doesn't really get them where they want to go. Um, about about 80% of all cohabiting couples eventually break up, and usually the, the woman hopes that it won't. She's entering into it with the hopes that this will be a forever relationship. Um, and uh, and the success rate of those who get married is, is also diminished um, on some of those statistics for long-term cohabitation. So, But there's hope, and that's, that's part of the problem with today's generation, certainly the millennials, is that they've been told that there's no, there's no they've been told lies for generations, or for, for at least the last 50 years, that there's no reason to stay married because everybody gets divorced, so don't even bother, it, it's not worth the effort. And we've got Shanti Feldhahn coming on in a couple of weeks on the air, on it together on Tuesday to talk about that lie and that and that it really isn't a 50% divorce rate. Exactly. Actually, with people who have a, a, a faith commitment, a Christian commitment, they pray together every day, they've mm-hmm. got a very good success rate. And people don't need to be afraid. I think the younger generation is living in fear because their parents were the first ones that went through the 60s and sort of went through this cultural shock and, and those marriages broke up and it has caused this younger generation to grow up in fear and not realize that actually um, there's also a study that that uh, the large majority of people who survive five years of conflict are happy that they stayed together. Yes. Like those, those people who 
are debating and, and kind of at risk, that if they can stick it through for five years on the other side of that, they are generally so thankful. Mm-hmm. Most of them are very thankful that they stuck it out. And, in fact, there's research that the courts are showing that 38 or 33% of people who are thinking about divorce or separation are open to reconciliation. Mm. And they're just sort of being, you know, pushed in the wrong direction rather than encouraged to work it out. And I think a lot of people just don't know where to go for tools. They don't know where to go for the help or the resources or that encouragement because they don't have somebody around them that is also fighting for, you know, for saving the marriage. And the culture, we can't let them win the battle. We can't let, um, you know, TV and media be the ones that dictate what really should be happening in the home. We, we've been married 30 years, and I think it's awesome. I can't imagine not being married. But I know there's a lot of people that, that just they think the opposite. But what we, that's the example we try to use. We try to live transparently on the air. I love the partnership that you have with Love and Respect. That's a, that's a huge one. We have, we have spent a lot of time with Love and Respect and, and teaching other people Love and Respect. But let's go to your National Marriage Week USA event kit, because this is something that people can get from you, from your website, that's got so much stuff that they can use. Let's talk about what, what's in included in that kit? Well, sure. Well, um, on our online, we have resources where you can find classes, DVDs, and marriage tips and quizzes and, um, and recommended reading and, you know, ideas for just ordering um, like a home study group. Um, in the event kit, we do have sample wording for a mayor or governor's pro- proclamation. We have ways for you to get media coverage. If you decide to do something and you'd like to, to get the word out, we've got a sample press release. Um, I love one woman recorded one of our PSAs, a public service announcement for radio, and she was show, it was playing all through the state of New Hampshire because she, she actually recorded this 30-second spot herself and she sent it out there. And, mm. and that just shows you what a little initiative by one person right. can do. Um, so there's a renewal of vows ceremony, which mm. your, your church could sponsor a renewal of vows. Um, there are all kinds of little um, online tests and quizzes, a couple's checkup quiz there, that's five love language quiz. Um, but we also just, you know, you can use, you can download our logos, you can create a bulletin insert. So we, we have a lot of um, ideas for people, and it should be fairly simple to do something, even if it is something small. Like I said, like a six-week, eight-week home group through a study guide or something like that. Talk to me about some of the the impact that you've seen. As a result, you've been you've been pursuing this since 2009. This is an international movement that you guys have that is it's going on in other places at the same time, correct? Yes, I was actually surprised. I, I had this wonderful woman come into my home a couple months ago just to say hi, and it's Kelly Monroe who wrote Finding God at Harvard. And I said, oh, yeah, I run this project, uh, National Marriage Week. She goes, oh, my goodness, I know all about it. My church in Ohio of 3,000 people celebrates it every single year, and I actually didn't even know that. So wow. there, there are things happening around that I can't even keep up with. I was so thrilled to learn that it, it's very much on the – you know, it's on the program of this large church out in the middle of Ohio. Mm, that's awesome. Um, so there, you know, there are people, I, and I had a friend in Pittsburgh who's, who 
finally, after three three years of me kind of talking to him about it, he created this beautiful dinner dance, and he was so excited. Last year, there were 300 people that came mm-hmm. to this dinner dance for Valentine's Day in honor of National Marriage Week. So there are lots of things that people can do that are fun, and they're, they're positive, and they're celebratory. Um, in addition to some more substantial items, like, you know, there are groups like uh, Family Life and Love and Respect that have video series, which you can, uh, you know, you can put the videotape instructions in on a Sunday school class or a home group. So these are the ideas that we want to stir all across the nation. We'd like to multiply all kinds of ways for people to get help and to know that, that there are places where they can learn new skills and overcome so many of their struggles because every marriage has them and just some people just don't know how to get past them. Um, but there are resources for that, and that's that's what we want to get the word out about. So let's just say there's somebody listening today. And, and again, this broadcast is going to be heard you know, as a podcast and as an archive. And so somebody might be listening to this five months from now. But they listen to like, wow, I want to help Sheila Weber get those 100,000 events on her calendar that are current. And I want to make sure that I, I want to help. How can people get involved in helping you? Is there anything specifically that they can do to help you? Yes, they can. Uh they can like us on Facebook, and we have a Twitter handle at Marriage Week USA. But go to the website and go ahead and register your name and your email so that you – and I don't overwhelm people. It's generally a little bit in the fall for reminders and then, you know, six weeks at the beginning of the year. But to give you the encouragement you need and to direct you towards some tools. So go ahead and sort of contact us in those ways and forward all that information to your pastor, to your church leaders, um, sort of try to get a group of people, a committee in your church to focus on this. And it, should, it really should be as important as Sunday school and your church choir and your music program. Um, so those are, those are ways that we can stir the pot. In fact, uh, only 27% of our nation's churches offer any kind of program on marriage. We believe that I'm really sh- needs to increase. I'm shocked that it's that, that it's that big. But we do know that strong marriages build strong families, and strong families build strong churches. Sheila, last question in the last minute of the show. How can one person make a difference this next week, celebrating National Marriage Week? I would say bring it to the attention of people in your life. Bring it to mm-hmm. your pastor. Bring it to your church leaders. Forward the Facebook page or like it and let your friends know that marriage is to be celebrated and get the good news out um, that actually married people are happier. They, they have more satisfaction, less loneliness. And it's, uh, it's a path to upward mobility financially with financial stability. The path is to get married and stay married. And, in fact, it would um, bring more financial stability to our nation, and we could reduce poverty and reduce dependency if we mm-hmm. had more married families. Uh, I love the way you celebrated that. And, and you just you summarize it in a way that everybody can understand. Listen, marriage makes a difference, a positive impact on society, and everybody agrees from both sides of the aisle. I love that. Sheila Weber with National Marriage Week USA, thank you so much for being on iWork for him today and giving us your time. We will be praying for you, and I'm going to help fill up that calendar if it's the last thing that I do.
thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks, thank Sheila. Thank you. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for handling what a fast-moving conversation and, and taking all the phone calls. Always does a great job. Ace, did you learn anything about marriage today? You don't need to answer that question. The show is closing out, Ace. But did you learn anything today? More reasons why you should get married. Hey, but we heard from Sheila today that the benefits of marriage are, are not argued about by anybody, that it's statistically proven that married adults live longer. Children raised by both parents that don't perform better in school have less addiction issues. There's less teen pregnancy and less trouble with the law. Marriage is the unsung anti-poverty program. Single motherhood is the greatest cause for poverty among women and children and not usually the woman's choice. Married adults have more wealth and financial stability and healthy marriages saves taxpayers $200 billion a year. What did you learn today that can make an impact on this city? You know, we heard today from Sheila Weber at the National Marriage Week USA that marriage makes a positive impact on society, yet you and I have been hearing for 50 years that marriage is an outmoded piece of society, that it can be cast aside. Yet if you look at the honesty from two studies at Brookings Institute and the Heritage Foundation, that it's been proven that marriage makes a positive impact on society, that children growing up with both a mom and a dad, their lives are decidedly different than those that grow up, unfortunately, in single parent homes. This is not a criticism to you single parents out there. My hat off to you. Martha and I know that the being a single parent is the roughest job out there, but there's hope for you and marriage is hopeful and it is designed by God. That's why it's so awesome. Check out nationalmarriageweekusa.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.